Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal. It is Thursday. We're slowly getting through the first week of the international break, aren't we? I hope you're not too bored. Got plenty to discuss in today's episode. As I said in yesterday's show, I was going to spend a bit of time today doing my Charles Watts Early Season Awards. Now, I'm sure you've all been waiting for it for the last 24 hours, nervously biting your nails to see who I am going to give my early season award to understand that work has come to a standstill at London Colney because all of the Arsenal players are so interested in what I'm going to be saying. Um, so we will talk about that, of course. I wanted to spend a bit of time at the start of today's episode talking about Ivan Tony to Arsenal. There's been lots of talk about him in the last 24 hours. I was listening to the radio yesterday. Ian Wright uh, has been speaking about him, says he's the missing link. I've got some quotes from Wrighty to talk about and discuss. I give my thoughts on. Uh, so plenty to get stuck into. Just wanted to draw your attention to this. If you've seen my picture yesterday that I put on my socials, I was at London Colney yesterday with Mikel Arteta. I was doing an interview with Mikel, which will be going out in the next sort of week or so. Not on here. It's not on my YouTube channel. It's part of uh, the work that I do with Team Talk and Planet Sport. And I was in there talking to him as part of a uh, sort of promotional thing for Soccer Manager, which Mikel Arteta is endorsing. So keep your eyes peeled for that. There will be parts of that interview Going over. It's not really about Arsenal. It's more about management and leadership. It's all part of this commercial deal with the with the computer game. But uh, it was great to sit there and talk with Mikel. Got some really interesting stuff from him. And of course, I had to get the opportunity of him and me standing there with the book, which he was happy to do. Um, if you haven't got a copy yet of the book, you can get one. I'll leave the link in the description below. Sales are going really well still. I really appreciate everyone sending in all the pictures themselves reading it uh, on my socials appreciate that and if you have read it and you've enjoyed it I'm glad you have and if you haven't read it and you want to get your hands on it the link is below in the description and look can't get any better endorsement than that can you Mikel Arteta all smiles <laughs> standing there with it um, okay just wanted to say quick well done to Bukai Saka as well named Arsenal's player of the month um, for September 36% of the votes ahead of Martin Odegaard, Trossard 
and William Saliba. Not the first time Bakai Saka has been named Arsenal Player of the Month, and I highly doubt it will be the last as well. But congratulations to Bakayo for that. Right, actually, I'll leave that slide because that's going to be for the Arsenal Early Season Awards. I wanted to talk, first of all, though, about Ivan Tony. Now, I've got some quotes here from Ian Wright, uh, who was talking on the Stick to Football podcast, and he was talking about Tony and the potential move to Arsenal. Now, of course, this has been a, I don't want to call it a saga yet. I'm not sure it's been going on long enough for a saga, but we all know there's interest from Arsenal in Ivan Tony. And there appears to be interest from Ivan Tony in Arsenal as well. I think he made that very, very clear when he was on the uh, on the podcast with uh, the Diary CEO podcast, wasn't it? I think he made it pretty clear that he'd be very interested if a move to Arsenal came around. And Brentford have even um, kind of hinted as well that they might be open to doing business if a decent bid comes in for Ivan Tony, who will only have a year left in his contract at the end of the season. Tony's changed agents as well. It's all all the boxes are sort of sort of. Uh, coming together to uh, uh, to sort of point to the signs that Tony will be on his way, if not in January, then certainly at the end of the season. Um, it's what Ian Wright had to say about Ivan Tony. He said, the Tony links won't go away because it's blatantly obvious for everyone to see that with the focal point and that player that scores, that it takes you somewhere else. You can't question the endeavour of Eddie Nketiah and Gabriel Jesus, but you look back at the Tottenham game with a player of the calibre to get into that position to be 1-0 up against Tottenham in a North London derby, you have to bury those chances. I believe that Arsenal, in what they're trying to do, the margins are so small, you cannot afford to be missing chances like that and not winning those games. What I'm seeing with Eddie, he's working his socks off. No chances are really being made for him. His work off the ball is fantastic, but the Tony links won't go away because you can see that's the last bit for me in the jigsaw. So, Righty there indicating he believes if Arsenal were to sign Ivan Tony, that could well be the last piece of the jigsaw that Mikel Arteta is putting together and Arsenal could well go on and get their hands on silverware. Now, I don't I don't necessarily agree with Righty there. I, I can still see this Arsenal side going on and winning silverware without Ivan Tony. I think if you do sign Ivan Tony, though, I think it will certainly make that task a little bit easier. I think it's pretty clear that Arsenal do need another option up front. I'm not necessarily thinking if Arsenal sign Ivan Tony um, that he would play every single game and that he would start every single game. I still think he might well just be another player at Arsenal that you rotate, that you bring in for one game, then you play Gabriel Jesus as a nine for another game. But I just think having that option of a really strong physical forward who can hold the ball up well, really, really well, who you can go direct to if you need to go direct to beat a press. It's just something Arsenal don't really have. They kind of have it in Kai Havertz, and we saw that with a goal against uh, Man City at the weekend. And, you know, Havertz can play that role. Obviously, Mikel assigned Havertz to play the midfield role, though, the number eight role, even though all of his best performances so far have been in that sort of false nine position. Um, but you take Kai Havertz out of it, who obviously is a bit, you know, it's kind of square peg round hole type thing if you're playing him as a central striker. But if you get a natural number nine, someone like Tony, who we've all seen you know, dominate William Saliba last season at, at the Emirates, unlike any player I've ever seen dominate William Saliba before. It was such an impressive performance by Tony. I think you put that into this Arsenal squad, you give that option to Mikel Arteta, I think it makes the squad a hell of a, hell of a lot better. But I don't necessarily think it is, you know, the be all and end all. That I would I would like Ivan Tony, no doubt about it. I think it'd be a really good sign if Arsenal could get him in January. I think the task of winning the title, if you're still in in and around the mix, which we hope Arsenal will be in January, if you sign Ivan Tony and bring him in for the second half of the season, you've got a much better 
chance of going on and lifting that title. But I still think they do have enough to potentially do it without him. But look, you know, I would absolutely want him. And I'm intrigued to get your views on it. You know, it's very obvious that Arsenal will be signing a striker at some point in the next couple of windows. Again, if it's not in January, it will be the summer. Whether that be Tony or you know, someone else that they've scouted who's on the net on their sort of recruitment list. We'll have to wait and see, but let me know what you guys think. Do you want Tony? Do you think he's the missing link or do you think Arsenal need to save that money? Which, you know, I've seen 50 million mentioned, 60 million mentioned. I'd be surprised if Brentford accept that. I think they're going to want more than that. You know, if it's say you have to go to 70 or 80 million for Ivan Tony, is that something you want? Would you want Arsenal to do that? Or do you think that money needs to go um, elsewhere on a striker? And if so, let me know which striker you want. I know there's lots of people who fancy Arsenal signing Victor Osimhen, for example. You know, it would be a lot more money than that, I would say, but we shall wait and see. Let me know in the comments below what you guys think. But for me, just on that Tony stuff, yeah, I think I can understand what Wright is saying. And I think he would be an excellent addition. I'm not quite sure he would be the missing link. I just think that Arsenal probably have enough to do it without him. But I absolutely would love to see that signing arrive. But let me know what you guys think in the comments below. Okay, I am now going to move on to the end of season awards. It's what you've all been waiting for. It's what you couldn't sleep last night, could you? Thinking about what I was going to do, who I was going to choose in these end of season awards. So let's get going. I'm going to start with my player of the season. In fact, not my player of the season, my players of the season, because I couldn't split them. I just couldn't split them. Declan Rice and William Saliba. Just been exceptional at Arsenal since the start of the season. Declan Rice, every game, I feel like I'm saying the same thing about him, just how good he is and how much he's dominating the midfield and driving Arsenal on. Even when Arsenal are playing badly, he's the one player who's really sort of standing out. I think back to the Lons away game when they weren't great, but Rice was brilliant in that game. Just been an exceptional signing. No one's even talking about the price tag, which says it all. Um, He's just been so good. And Saliba, I mean... (laughs) What can you say about William Saliba? That hasn't already been said. Just a wonderful, wonderful centre-back. A huge talent. And he's just been brilliant this season. And that performance against Manchester City at the weekend just topped it all. So I couldn't quite separate the pair of them. Um, Let me know if you guys think. But they're my players of the season so far at this second international break of the season. I'm going Declan Rice and William Saliba. Okay, my goal of the season is actually the first goal that Arsenal scored in the Premier League this season. Bukayo Saka's wonderful goal against Nottingham Forest. There's been some other ones, some really good ones. I think back to the um, the Champions League game against PSV. There was lots of quality goals in that game. Leandro Trossard was good. Gabriel Jesus was excellent. Martin Odegaard was really, really good. Um, there's been some lovely team goals, but I just think this one from Saka was just an absolute beauty. It was Saka at his very, very best, cutting inside, just bending that perfect, perfect finish into the top corner to uh, give Arsenal the lead. So Bakaya Saka's goal against Nottingham Forest is my goal of the season so far. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Right, now we're going to talk about match of the season. Don't know if this one will surprise you or not. I'm sure lots of you will think it was. I was going to say Manchester City, but I'm going with Manchester United. The drama of it all, you know, the Arsenal going behind, immediately coming back, getting themselves level. Then the second half panning out like it did. Garnaccio, you know, scoring the goal that everyone thought had won it for United. And then it going to VAR, it being overturned. Then Declan Rice scoring his first goal for the club in the 96th minute. And then you get that wonderful moment when United are trying to sort of bombard everyone into the penalty area to get a late, late equaliser and Arsenal break away and score that goal from Gabriel Jesus when he leaves two Manchester United players just lying on their backsides and rolls it in. It was just such a brilliant game. Had everything that the Premier League sort of encapsulates that makes it such a wonderful product around the world. And uh, the ending was just from the low of Garnaccio's goal going in to the high of it being ruled out and Arsenal scoring two in quick succession almost immediately afterwards. It was just a brilliant day, fantastic day. So that is my match of the season. Okay, now we move on to moment of the season. And this one goes to Gabriel Martinelli's goal against Manchester City. Finally ending the long wait for a win against Manchester City or even a point against Manchester City, ending the 12-game losing streak. Um, Not the greatest of games in terms of sort of quality and uh, excitement because of chances, but just a real game of chess between two quality teams that, you know, if you're in the stadium, you felt it every moment of it and every second of it. It was so intense. Um, it was so absorbing. And in the end, Arsenal got themselves over the line with that Gabriel Martinelli goal and the noise and the celebrations afterwards. It was just a really, really special moment. And, um, you know, what it, what it means for Arsenal's season We'll have to wait and see whether it is this huge psychological lift that might sort of give them the confidence and the belief to go on and, you know, get themselves past Manchester City and win this title. It's a long way to be on uh, to go before we can say that. But just for the actual moment in itself, Gabriel Martinelli's goal against uh, Manchester City gets my moment of the season. OK, I'm going to move on to disappointment of the season so far now. And I think this one for me is a very, very easy one. And it is this, Urien Timber getting his injury on the opening day against Nottingham Forest, an injury that is probably going to rule him out for the remainder of the season, his first season at the club. Just a hammer blow to Arsenal, to Mikel Arteta, but to the player, more importantly, you know, get this dream move, come over, have the impact that you have in the summer, in pre-season, when you're arguably Arsenal's standout player, there was so much excitement about what he was going to bring to this squad, the versatility he was going to bring, the strength he was going to bring, you know, and then just for in the first game in the Premier League to suffer a sort of injury that he suffered and to be out for the season, it's just crushing disappointment for everyone involved. And such a shame. I mean, we hope we might see him again 
in the final weeks of the season. I'd be surprised given the nature of the injury. And, you know, if you do get back fit, you don't want to take any risks. And if you're coming in at the business end of the season, when every single point means so much, it just might be a little bit a step too far. So we'll have to wait and see with our fingers crossed. But undoubtedly for me, the disappointment of the season is Urian Timbers injury. Okay, the must do better type of order. I'm going for Kai Havertz, obviously. Um, and I'm not using this as a, a you know, an, a, a tool to bash Kai Havertz with because I think he has done some things well. And we saw against Manchester City when he came on, he made an impact. He got the assist. And as I said earlier, I think whenever he's played as the nine, as a false nine, as a central nine, whatever you want to call it, I think he's done his best work for Arsenal when he's looked decent. It's just when that number eight role that we Arsenal brought him for and that we know that Arsenal need to find someone to play in because Granit Xhaka is gone, it just hasn't quite worked yet. And that is, you know, he needs to step up and do a little bit more to justify this price tag that Arsenal paid and the faith that Arsenal put in him um, to bring him to the club. And hopefully he will. And hopefully, you know, the last couple of weeks have been a really good building block for him. He scored the first goal, his first goal at Bournemouth with the penalty, comes on against Manchester City and makes a big, big impact, sets up the winning goal for Gabriel Martinelli. So hopefully... You know, those are really positive signs that he can come back after the international break and just feel more part of it. And we start to see him having more influence on games. But I think for so far, you know, when it comes to a sort of must do better, I think it has to be really Kai Havertz settling into this left eight role that he's been brought to the club to do. And that's it. There's my Arsenal early end of season awards. Agree with any of those? Disagree with any of those? Have your own ones? Please do let me know in the comments below. Very interested to get your take on what we've seen from Arsenal over the first couple of months. Uh, so, yeah, please do let me know in the comments below. Right, let's move on to some of your questions and comments now, shall we? Here's one from uh, Rake Rake Chenier, 6828. It says, hi, Charles, I hope this comment gets featured. I am so confident this season. We made improvements with the first quarter of the season. We are lingering around where we should be in EPL. I'm nervous about the CEL, but I believe we can shake off the jitters. We probably stand the best chance of progressing deep into the CEL even more than the last few years when we were in it. Uh, I hope things fall into place and I get to see the team I've been following since 2001 win the EPL this year. Hopefully things line up for me to travel all the way from Canada. There's so much positivity around the team. Our fans cannot let our boys down, support even during the losses. Be patient and criticise after the season is over. Come on, you gunners. I think it's uh, wishful thinking that people will criticise after the season is over, uh, especially when it comes to social media. But uh, yeah, look, I think the first quarter of the season, as I've kind of been talking about there, the uh, early season awards, there's lots to like about what we've seen so far this season. I'm feeling pretty confident. Arsenal haven't got anywhere near their best yet, I don't think. This season, they're still adjusting to a new way of playing. And yet, they're unbeaten in the league. They're beaten United. They're beaten Manchester City. They're joint top of the table, uh, only behind Spurs on goal scored. You know, they had a good start in the Champions League. Then the slightly disappointment against Lons. But, you know, fingers crossed they can bounce back from that. I think there's a lot to like about Arsenal's season. It's completely different to last year. Obviously, Arsenal flew out the blocks, looked so good. We're playing excellent football and everyone was raving about them. A little bit different this year. They're playing a different sort of style of football. Um, maybe not as gung-ho and as exciting, but they're getting results. And ultimately, that's what it's all about, getting results. And hopefully, if you start off a little slower, as Man City have done in recent years, and then you sort of build up to your top form in the second half of the season, and hopefully that's what Arsenal is doing. But I think there's definitely lots to like about what we've seen over the first couple of months. Here's one from Martin O'Neill. 
7085, surely not the Martin O'Neill. Uh, says, thumbnails looking good, Charles. Thank you. Uh, you can't put a front on, mate. I can, trust me. Uh, cheers for your quality content. On Jorginho, we need every drop of experience and quality in our squad to go as deep as we can in the CO and push City as far as we can in the Prem. Given how highly Arteta rates and admires him, I can't see us entertaining any bids for him in January. Yeah, absolutely agree, as I spoke about in yesterday's video. Um, obviously, this is in response to that when I was talking about Jorginho and saying I think it would be mad for Arsenal to entertain any sort of offers should they come in for, from Barcelona who are believed to be interested in Jorginho in January. I think it'd be a huge mistake. It'd weaken the squad and, you know, barring a ridiculous offer, which let's face it, won't come in, certainly not from Barcelona with their financial issues. It wouldn't make any sense. I think he needs to play the season and he's going to be a really vitally important member of that squad this season. All right, I ended yesterday's show with a question about cricket. I'm ending today's show with a question about wrestling. Another one of my loves is one from Russ Morgan. I'm sure the rest, most of you can all switch off now that you don't want to listen to this. But he says, do you think the best in the world CM Punk will return to WWE? If so, do you think he'll be in the world title picture? Uh, I, do I think he'll return to WWE? I think he might at some point just because of the business. It makes a lot of sense. He'll sell lots of tickets. There'll be huge amounts of hype. I can't see him having another big run in WWE. I don't see he's going to be in the world title picture. I just can't see that. I think if he does come in, it might be for a real sort of big headline push, a headline event, maybe ahead of a mania or something like that, because he will draw crowds. You know, he will bring money. He will bring in business. And that's ultimately what wrestling is all about, selling tickets and bringing in business. And Punk will do that. But we all know what will happen. It'll all explode. It'll all end in you know, failure like it has done at AEW because that just tends to be the way we see CM Punk. But if he does come in, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think it'll sell a lot of tickets. It'll draw a lot of views, but I don't think he'll get a proper run where he'll be in the world title picture. All right, that's it for me. For those of you still watching who wanted to listen to that little thing about CM Punk, man, thank you very much for your time as always. And I'll be back tomorrow again as we head towards the weekend and the first proper sort of round of international matches start to take place. So lots to talk about. Again, I'm sure. Have a great day, everyone. I will speak to you very, very soon.